I do not have a joke this morning. Oh, wow, guys, really? Nobody? Whatever. No, it's supposed to be all, oh, not, uh-oh, we got a runaway child. Thought he was coming up here. He's like, got sidetracked. All right, our scripture this morning is in Isaiah chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. But, uh. Why? The next preacher in line here, I guess. Yeah, he's preaching this morning. We need an interpreter. But it's Christmas time. And uh, Christmas time is a time of preparation for the coming of Jesus. Now, Normally, we think of Christmas time as being thankful for Jesus coming, but it's also a remembrance of what he did and preparation that he's coming back. Celebration uh, is more than the memory of just the birth, birth. It's also a realization that he's coming again. We need to celebrate that. There's a second coming. And the question is, are you ready for the journey? Are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus' coming back? In Isaiah chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, the word of Isaiah, the son of Amaz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall... They learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now we see here the vision of Isaiah for the latter days. Days yet to come. Sounds like a great time and a place. No war, peace, great things, worshiping God and everything. This is not a man-made utopia. This is not something that he's seeing that's going to be here and going to be governments are going to solve. Governments are not going to do this. This is a God thing. Isaiah called the Messiah the Prince of Peace. That is what was brought through Jesus, peace. Luke says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he has pleased. We're going to take a look at the scriptures here, our morning scriptures, just a little bit for a second. If you look at verse 2 here, he's talking about you know, there's an elevation here. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Now in the Old Testament, worship took place on a mountain. Now, uh, Christina, you, you knew exactly what I was going to say. She, uh, she's laughing back there. She dated this, this Jewish guy. And uh, um, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, he he they were they were dating and um he was he was thinking about proposing to her and so he said i need to go and go up on top of a mountain and and get with god and see if i should propose to you and and i may have to go to israel and go up on the mountain and and i'm like dude if you got to think that hard just don't <laughs> just just don't. If it's that big of a problem, don't do it. But that's the way they did. In the Old Testament, they used to go on top of the mountains and worship God because they were getting closer to Him. And uh, pagans even worshipped on mountains. It was seen as a place close to God. And uh, Jerusalem wasn't the highest mountain in the world. This isn't uh, so much as a literal meaning here in this Scripture that the mountain would suddenly grow. What it means is that God will be elevated. God will be risen up. He'll be above all. There's a day coming when everyone will look up to God. I don't care what they say now. The Bible tells us in one day they will look up. I've got several scriptures here. Isaiah 45, 23 says, To me, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. Romans 14, 11 says, For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Philippians 2.10, that at, this, uh, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those underneath the earth. So in other words, dead and alive, every knee is going to bow and look up to God. You're not going to escape it because, oh, I don't believe in him. Too bad, so sad. There's going to come a time you're going to face him. You're going to look up to him. You're going to answer to him. Every need because he is the one and only God. Doesn't matter what we think. God will be lifted up on his mountain. Verse 2 says, all nations shall flow to it. Kind of interesting. This is a picture of a river flowing up to God. Now, a river normally flows downhill. Have you ever seen water flow uphill? Well, we did. <laughs> uh, this, uh, we went on um, vacation in May, and we were coming back, and we came through, I don't know what state that, I, I think it was still in Wyoming, and we were driving back, and we were going through this, um, this beautiful um, going down this mountain through this valley and the mountains were growing beside us as we were going down this, this mountain. And it was a windy one like this and it was just going and there was a river flowing beside us and it was, it was just breathtakingly beautiful. And, you know, we're talking about how awesome God is. He was like showing off. It was so beautiful. And, and then I was like, I think my brakes are, are messing up. And she's like, why? And I'm like, look, I took the, my foot off the gas and, and I wasn't going, you know, normally going downhill, you got to ride your brakes. And I'm like, this is weird. I'm, I'm not, when I take my foot off the gas, it's not moving. So I, we had walkie talkies and I was messaging them and they're like, yeah, I don't know. And then Luke's like, look at the water on the right. I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, it's flowing that way. I'm like, no, it's not. It, we're going downhill. It's flowing that way. Well, it's going that way. And so we pulled over, and it was so cool because I, I don't know the name of that canyon, 
but we were, I would have swore everything that we were going downhill, but we were going uphill. It was really weird. It was an illusion, but squirrel, sorry, but it's beautiful. So water, <laughs> water flows downhill, but this is saying that we're going to go up to God. And, but it, I don't know why I said that. Anyway. <laughs> so they're, everybody is going to go up to, they're going to uh, flow up to God. And it says it's not for the select. This isn't for God's chosen people, this scripture. This isn't just for the Jews. This isn't just for the church. This isn't just for the saved. For everyone, verse 3 says, many people shall come. It is for everyone. It is for all people and all nations. Peter says in, in Acts that truly I understand that God shows no partiality, no respecter of persons. He's talking here when uh, Cornelius, a Gentile, gets saved. He's saying, look, this isn't just for one or just for another. There, God is not a respecter of person. He calls all men to come, all people to come to him. Paul wrote, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Everyone is going to be there. Notice to that, that they are encouraging others. In the scripture, it says, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. They're bringing their friends. They're not just sitting at church on Sunday morning going, oh, this was so good. I, I felt God. And what are you going to do with it? It says that they're bringing the lost. They're bringing their friends up to see God. Not, not just, this is a true evangelism. They're going on a journey and we're not going alone. Everyone's going to be there in this journey. We're all flowing up. But are we bringing them to know Christ? Are you doing your number one job? We all know that is our number one job, right? He says, go. That's what we, when he left, he said, go and win souls. I'm paraphrasing him. Go and bring them to Christ. Go and win souls for me. Go heal the sick. Raise the dead. Win lost souls. Disciple others. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It was so important. That was his last words to us is go. Are we doing that? Are we about our journey? Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? The people flowing to God are going to inquire of him. Now, faith apart from the true God is hollow. When people realize how hollow it is they search to find God. I say it all the time. People are watching you as a Christian. When you get saved and you proclaim to be a Christian, people are watching you. Now, they're not watching you to see you fail. They're watching you to see if you succeed, to see if you have the real thing. They want to know, do you have the real thing? Or are you just playing church? Are we a real Christian? Are we the fake ones? They want to see God because there's a lot of fake out there. There's a lot of, you know, we talk about fake news or fake this or reality shows or whatever it is. They want to know true reality. They want to know the real thing. Do you have it? There was a man named Lee Strobel. Anyone heard of him? 
You need to look him up. He's from Chicago. He was an atheist. Wasn't there, there was a movie we watched. The what? The Case of Christ. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we watched it here. Uh, we used to have movie nights, and, and we watched it here. It was pretty cool. It was about him, and he was an atheist. He became uh, increasingly depressed with his life, and he, um, even though he was, he was very successful, and he decided to give faith a shot. He investigated several faiths, several religions and everything, and he went out to prove that God was not real, and he couldn't do it. He ended up uh, becoming a Christian, and he's written several books, and uh, I think he has a radio show or a podcast. I don't probably a podcast now. Faith Under Fire. You need to look him up. Lee Strobel. The inquiry, uh, the inquirers here will seek the truth from God. They want to know truth. They want him to teach them his ways, and they want to walk in his path. They need to seek God. You have the answers to everyone. You know that everyone's looking for peace this time of year. Suicide rates is the highest between Thanksgiving and New Year's, especially between Christmas and New Year's. Your friends, your family, the ones that you don't even expect it from are depressed and seeking peace. They need comfort. They need joy. And they're not going to get it from alcohol. They're not going to get it from drugs. They're not going to get it from a psychiatrist. They're not going to get it from Oprah. They're not going to get it from Facebook. They're not going to get it from the world. God is the only place to find it. And you know where it is. You have the answer for it. Are we sharing that with everyone else? In addition to seeking general wisdom about life, the nations will come to God so he can judge them. How many know we're all going to be judged? Everyone is going to be judged. They will take their disputes to God to settle them, the scripture says. Now, how do most disputes get settled today? Guns, knives, fists. Look around on any channel. Doesn't matter. Look on Facebook. Look any any new site. You see violence. This is what happens when people try to settle their disputes on their own. How exactly does peace come? Which, by the way, let me add, uh, I'm going to get a little political here. This does not, guns are not our problem. Guns do not cause violence. You take away the guns, you take away the knives, you take away it, everything. They're going to find a way to fight. Look back in history before guns. They fought. Now, I worked in the prison where there's not supposed to be any guns, not supposed to be any knives, not supposed to be any of that stuff. When there's a will, there's a way. They're going to find a way to give violence. They're going to find a way to hurt each other if we don't have true peace. We find this peace at the birth of Jesus. And the angels announce there that peace on earth, peace comes through Jesus Christ. That's the only place to find true peace. Peace doesn't come from humanity. The UN can't bring peace. They, they, they were created to unite all the nations so that there would be finally peace on earth. Look at the world. In over 60 years, 70 years, whatever, the UN, you've had Korea, Vietnam, Gulf War, Bosnia, 
uh, Rwanda, civil wars in Central America, Iraq, 9-11, Afga Afghanistan, uh, battles between Israel and PLO, the Cold War, Israel-Lebanon War, trouble in Colombia, revolution in Iran. I could go on and on and on and on. Since they created this peace unit, this unified nations to create peace, they can't do it. They can't bring us peace. Only God can. When humanity tries to settle disputes, things escalate. The Bible tells us here, at that point, we beat our plowshares into swords and pruning hooks into spears because we don't know what to do. Without God, there is nothing. We can't do anything. It goes the opposite direction of what Isaiah says. During World War II, auto factories were turned into factories to make ships and airplanes and tanks. One thing we're good at is fighting. We're great at fighting. We're not so good at peace. Someone somewhere is going to build something or create something if, if they want to bad enough. Peace comes only from God. Peace only comes from having a relationship with God. Isaiah envisions a world where Fighter jets are turned into tractors. The church is a change agent in the world. It is our job as the church to show the world true peace. To show them how to be different. The sad thing, churches don't settle the, uh, their disputes the way God... If you get mad in church, we just leave. We'll go somewhere else. I don't like what the preacher said. I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't like the way she looked at me. I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't like what he's wearing today. I'm going to go somewhere else. The Bible tells us how to handle disputes. And the number one thing is go to them face to face. And turn to God. Handle the way God wants us to. But we don't. We get our feelings hurt. If you come to me and you say, I feel. Probably not the right answer. When you start with, I feel. Because it's emotions. And most emotions are from Satan. Right? Think about it. When you fight, I'll use us. When Chris comes in, you know, I, I, I got my feelings hurt. Or I feel like this. Well, I didn't mean that. I didn't actually say that. Well, I feel like you did. That doesn't change what I did just because you feel like it. We need to look at facts. If we would think the best of each other and look at facts, we'd have a lot less fighting in the church. We need to dispute it the way God wants to. But we got to be the example we need to lead by example. Stop running. Start loving. Isaiah says, since the nations are going to walk with God, so shall we. Psalms 89 says, blessed are the people who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Paul encouraged the Ephesians to walk as children in light. But if we walk in the light, he, as he is in the light, we shall have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus. His sin, uh, his son cleanses us from all sins. You know why we don't like to walk in the light? Because it shows us. We can hide in the darkness. 
We can hide what we're doing, shady things. We can lie. We can steal. We can mislead. We can manipulate in the darkness. But when we get in God, His light shines on all things. So we don't like that. But when we walk in the light, then He can forgive us of those sins. When we walk in the light, we're a new creation. When we walk away from the light of God, we wind up walking into darkness and all wrapped up in ourself. Now, are we ready for this journey? Are we willing to bring others on this journey to God? Are we willing to be an agent of peace and lead by example? The decision's up to us. Today, in this Christmas season, this New Year season, you know, next, next Sunday we'll be in a new year. Everyone makes New Year's resolutions. Let's make a, a resolution to walk differently, to act differently, to be examples, to lead people on our journey. We need to look at this time as a celebration of what's to come because God's going to come back. Whether we like it or not, whether you're ready or not, He's coming back. Are we ready for that journey? Let's bow our heads. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you're not ready for the journey. But He's coming back. He came as a small baby to go on His journey to ultimately die on the cross for your sins. Doesn't matter if you're watching this morning, you're watching later, whenever you see this, or if you're here this morning. He died just for you. He came just for you. But there is another second coming coming. Are we ready for that? If you're not, all you have to do today is confess your sins. Ask Him to forgive you of those sins and then ask Him to come into your heart. What a special gift you can have this Christmas season to have Jesus Christ come into your heart. You may be one that was raised in church. You may be one that has been playing church. But you've never truly accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never truly sold out for Christ. Today I challenge you. Make that decision. Stop playing. Because He said you're either hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, He's going to spit you out. So make that decision today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to You. And first off, Lord, we thank You for the special gift that You gave us those so many years ago by sending Your Son, Jesus, to come for each and every one of us. Lord, we thank You that You're not a respecter of person. It doesn't matter who we are, what our past is. Lord, You came for us. We thank You for that, Lord. We come to You today as sinners. 
Lord, we pray that You'll forgive us of each and every one of those sins. Take them from us. All of our past, all of our ugly. Lord, and just wash them under the blood. Take them. And Lord, fill us up with Your love, Your joy, Your comfort. And Lord, fill us up with Your peace. And help us to share that with everyone else, Lord. We love You and praise You in Jesus' name. Amen. For the rest of us, the altars are open as we worship God this morning. Spend a little time. If you need peace,